Hey guys, this episode is brought to you by Gabriel Tenorio String Company. They're cool. They're buy really some strings. Cool. You know, Gabriel is an awesome guy, and I have seen him in person make strings literally by hand. They're the only string company that I know of, that I think I've, anyone knows of, that literally makes their strings by hand. He's using his actual fingers, bare skin to wire, to wrap the wrap around the strings. It's incredible. Yeah, If I remember correctly, he is using a round core Absolutely. for his uh, wrap strings, and that wrap is put on by hand. Yeah, a lot of companies, you know, they push this hex core stuff. Like hex core is, is uh, this technological advancement. It's so good. The reason they're using hex core is because the uh, the machines that automatically wind to <laughs> the string, uh, those winds grab onto the string a little better if there's hex core. If you're hand winding them, you don't need that because you're sitting there and putting it on the tension yourself and actually making full contact with the string and you know personal attention to it. So there's a clear advantage. If you uh, if you believe that having the uh, the wrap of your string make full contact with the core of the string with no gaps and those little hex gaps, then uh, Gabriel Tenoro Custom Strings are the strings for you. Yep. Uh, go check them out at thegts.co. This episode is also brought to you by Fat Foot Effects. Yep. Fat Foot Effects makes a pedal called the Thallium 81. They're a new builder on the market that builds pedals with the working musician in mind. Rugged quality, great sounding pedals. Uh, they work hard to keep the price point low and keep the pedals musical so you can get crazy without breaking the bank. A really cool thing about this sponsor is that they uh, they sent us a track for the end of the show, a song from one of their uh, from one of their artists. Yep. That's a that's a new one. I really like it. Yeah, the Thallium eighty one is a hard clipping distortion pedal. Uh, designed to uh, retain the character of the guitar, but add a little spice to the chain and be versatile. Basically sounds like everything you would want out of a hard clipping distortion. Yeah, I want a versatile hard clipping distortion. I mean, hard hard clipping just means it's, you know, an aggressive distortion. Yep. So uh, go check them out, fatfooteffects.com. Hey, this is Ryan. And this is Steve, and you're listening to 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. Yay! Have you been practicing, Steve? No, I I felt like I said playing twice, so everybody go back (laughs) five seconds and listen again. No one cares. Somebody might care. (laughs) How are you doing, man? Good. How are you? I'm good. What's new? Um, I set up a trade on that strat I was trying to sell. Oh, yeah, cool. Uh, So I'm going to be selling... or. Trading it for a Chase Bliss Tonal Recall. Whoa! Yeah, so I'm pretty excited about that. That's um, a uh, that's a fancy pants pedal to trade a guitar for. Yeah, so uh, it's actually one of our listeners, one of our uh, pledgers. Cool. Uh, one of our inner circlers, I believe so. Huh. Um. Anyway, uh, so I got everything set up, and um, we're gonna make the trade. I'm gonna send him the guitar first because I'm notoriously like slow at shipping. <laughs> So we got the deal, but I want. I told oh, him you're was, shipping this thing. Yeah, I'm shipping it. Uh, shipping a guitar. All right. Yeah, that's why I needed that box from you. I'm acting like I don't know what's going on, oh, Steve. Okay. I obviously already know all the details of this, but our listeners don't. Oh yeah, that's why I'm yeah. guiding the conversation. So I'm going to be uh, <laughs> shipping this thing. It's going to be my first time shipping a guitar in like ten years. Whoa, that'll be that'll be fun. Well, things are different now. Uh, yeah, ten years yeah. later, you're going to find the guitar shipping game is completely different. I'm sure yeah. it's the same. I'm going to be using FedEx. This you put time. it. You put it in a box and last, send it. Last time, I think I used USPS. Yeah, I think I'm going to use FedEx this time. Is that a good idea? Do you know? I th- every time I've shipped a guitar, it's been through FedEx. But every time I've shipped a guitar, the, the, the postage has already been paid. Right. And so I just put it on the box and take it over there. And like I don't have to deal with anything. Yeah. Uh, so this will be a new experience all around for me. New experience. But yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. And I think uh, the tough thing with the guitar is uh, I wanted to sell it locally because I didn't want to. I Basically, I didn't want to ship it and then have like somebody be grumpy about it. 
and be like, no, nah, I don't want this. You suck. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like one with a trade, like if something doesn't work out, which I think everything is going to be fine, then I, we can always just swap back. Um, and and shipping a guitar back is kind of a bummer. Yeah. But... Uh, and then the other side of it is um, just that. Well, and it's also someone like I could talk to, like, sure. And like that I know I can like work with and he can work with me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the other side of it is also like now I can take a pedal and I, I'm way more comfortable selling a pedal on online on reverb It'll probably or move whatever quicker. and I'll move faster. Yeah, yeah for sure. So, uh, all in all, like so far so good. This is progress. Progress is yeah. good. Also you're getting a tonal recall, yeah. which means that we both have tonal recalls, which means that I should send in my tonal recall to get the red knob mod. Yeah. Which I guess means I can't sell it too fast. You have to wait a little bit. You know, it'll be less than 90 days. You're not going to lose money on this. Right. (laughs) Got that big shelf of inventory. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll get the red knob mod and then we'll do a little comparison shootout or something Yeah, to see how they do. I got to hit up a Joel now. To, to get that figured out. Uh, this is the part of the show where you ask me what's new. I was about new. to ask you what was new, but you cut me off. <laughs> uh, so what's new, Ryan? I've been working on refinishing my uh, my first act, Dos, Dos, Dos. Oh, you yeah. can see it on the workbench over there. Why are you calling there. it the Dos, Dos, Dos Because it's the 222. I know what it's it is. It's more <laughs> fun to say Dos, Dos, Dos. I guess. Have you ever seen those billboards where the phone number is Dos, 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 Dos? Uh, it's a bunch I, of twos. I, I think it was no, for like maybe. a it was for like a Espanol law firm or something like that. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know if they still run them, but they were all over the place back in the day. But uh, that's why I. It do sounds it, I really familiar, but yeah, I just yeah, I don't really remember. So, anyways, it was white, and I really wasn't playing the guitar, and I was like, I kind of want to just mess around with a project and refinish something, right? So first. I heat stripped part of the top of the guitar body, uh-huh. and it bubbled up the wood, the really awful cheap wood, oh, geez. in a bad way. And so I was like, I'm just going to sand the rest of this. But it left all these bubbles. I meant to ask about that the last time I, I was here, because I, I think you had started on it. Yeah, yeah. And I noticed that you had the the other deal out. And I was like, why aren't you just... I, I thought about, like, why aren't you just heat stripping this, but I didn't bother asking. Yeah, I started out heat stripping it, but like I said, early on, like the, the wood itself started bubbling up. And I was like, I don't like this at all. So then I started attacking it with a sander, and that didn't, that wasn't great. Mm-hmm. I don't like breathing in all that, that dust. Yeah, it's and super I, dusty in here right it's now. It's super dusty. And I, I put on a, a mask eventually because it was pretty bad. I feel like I need a mask right now. But yeah, I also didn't want to get the whole garage dusty, which right. it is now. I actually came through before I set up today and, <laughs> and dusted off the mics and the table and everything because it was really bad. I should probably throw a painter cloth over everything next time I do it. <laughs> uh, so I stripped the whole top and then sanded it flat. And then started messing around with paint. And I thought I was going to do another sparkle job. So I emptied a can of cold spray paint on it. And then I was like, ah, I hate this. You posted a picture of that, right? Yeah, I posted a picture of it. I hate how this is turning out. And so then I covered the gold with this blue colored paint. And it let it hang out to dry on the deck for a couple of days. And then I was like, ah, I hate this too. <laughs> <laughs> so I brought it back in the garage and I've completely sanded down the top and the back uh-huh. to just the bare wood. And the side of it is still the blue with little flecks of gold popping through where it's scratched. Oh. And I think what I'm going to do is I think I'm going to stain the wood and get it kind of dark. And then whatever happens when the stain touches the paint is just what's going to happen. That'd and be then cool. I'll, and then I'll clear coat the whole thing. So it'll be I'll, kind I'll of like... I like the way the blue paint works as like a two-tone right now. Yeah, yeah. Like with the wood. Like I'm going to go for like kind of like a woody sort of look. It's like a reverse woody. Right, right. <laughs> There's a lot of jokes you could make off the reverse woody thing there. I know. I <laughs> None of them are coming to me, but <laughs> we'll, we'll let the listener. Yeah, guys, make we'll ch- let the listeners uh, work that one out. Make some reverse woody jokes on the Facebook group, will you? Please, someone take up this task. <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited for how it's looking. I was hoping to put a different neck in there, but the neck pocket is actually smaller than the other two necks I right. have around. So it's some kind of custom neck dimension for first act which i'm not stoked about and i could get in there and route it out but i kind of just 
don't care. Are you sure enough? your Dean neck just isn't too big? Maybe the Dean is big, not the first act is small. No, both of the, the Dean and the other neck are the same dimensions. Oh, okay. And they both fit into a strap template that I have. So it is definitely smaller. And it wouldn't be the hardest thing in the world to route it out. Right. I should probably just buckle down and do it because I've got that <laughs> neck that'll look pretty cool with the flying V headstock yeah. on it up there. I don't actually know how that one plays. I know the first act neck doesn't play great. It plays oh, okay. it plays all right, but it doesn't right. play great. I was also thinking that if I put the first act neck on there, I should strip it down to being fretless and have a funky fretless guitar. That around. would be really weird. Put flat lounge on it or something. I have no purpose for it. I have no need for well, it. Well, you don't have a purpose or need for this guitar to begin exactly. with. Exactly. I paid $25 for this exactly. thing. Exactly. I've already paid like $20 in refinishing materials on it. So I've doubled its value. Yeah, already. refinishing materials. Not value. You- I haven't doubled its value. I've doubled its cost. In, re- in, uh, <laughs> in refinishing materials that you put on and then said, ah, I don't like this. Yeah, exactly. I kind of like the, it's made out of what looks like 10 pieces of wood or something right. like that. I kind of like the stripy nature of yeah. it. You know, it's it's funny, and, and I think we've kind of like, we've touched on this before at least, is the idea that like, I, I actually always, whenever I see multi-piece bodies um, where they're not like even trying, uh-huh. I always think those look really cool. Um, yeah, yeah. Because like, I'm, but what I mean by like not really trying is like if you're looking at this right now it's um, kind of random it's got like a strip and then it's got like one piece like that's maybe a, about an inch wide that's like a completely dark wood uh-huh and then like another section that's like three or four inches and it's just like all of these like alter it's randomly alternating lights and dark sure once i get a clear coat on there it's just gonna pop that green. Yeah. so i always thought that looked cool it, it's kind of like if somebody took the uh the old alembic neck through formula yeah yeah and just like did it without any like care uh-huh but i like the body shape i think it's a cool look it'll be fun to to pop some uh funky humbuckers in there or something or you know some funky pickups yeah and cut a custom pick guard for it and just get weird with it so i'm looking forward to having it playable um i still don't know how it's gonna end up or what my plan is but that's what i've been working on all right should we uh tackle an ad yeah let's do this thing this first ad was sent in by uh Michael Adzant, and uh, this ad is called Alice. Uh, this is uh, a Defender Deluxe Player Stratocaster with major upgrades, $550. Um, says, one, Alice, yes, somebody likely in a drug and or alcohol-fueled fit carved slash burned Alice to the back of the headstock. Either you'll think that's cool. All my neighbors know Alice, and my own wife barely has a cl- clue when I say the Les Paul or the Telecaster. Everyone, everybody knows Alice. If you're in the crowd that thinks this is not so cool and you're looking for a more museum piece than a player, fair enough. Stop reading here and go to the next ad. Two, Tex-Mex pickups. I've tried lots of pickups on various strats. I've given Texas Specials several tries. I love the sound of these Tex-Mex pickups more than anything else I've tried. That includes strats uh, that I've had that were more than, more than $1,000. Orange drop caps. It's an internal techie kind of thing rather than ramble on about it. You can read more about it here. Uh, the net. The I net? I don't know. It's another way to make Alice sound better. Oh, that's the net. The net gain. Like, what's the short, you know. All right, right. Cloth wiring. Again, higher in composition to make her sound better. Uh, clues on deluxe tuners. I do a lot of soloing. and can't stand guitars that go out of tune when bending the strings on lead parts. Alice is in, is in tune and stays in tune as well as any guitar I've ever owned. CTS 250K pots. Again, higher quality parts. Ball ash body, maple neck, rosewood fretboard. I'm getting really tired of this. Yeah. Uh, Guitar Center has a Fender Deluxe player strat on their site right now for $499 plus more than $35 tax. It doesn't have Tex-Mex pickups, upgraded parts and wiring, and these tuners. Fender serial number available upon request. Alice has been one of my all-time favorite guitars. For the money, I haven't been able to duplicate the sound in a strat. Highly playable and in tune up and down the neck. I'm reminded of the Stallone movie Cobra from back in the 1980s. I mean, who doesn't? Who isn't always thinking about that movie? Yeah. You know, uh, near the end, Brigitte Nielsen tries to make fun of Stallone, saying, "You mean Bridget Nelson? No, it's Brigitte. Is it? Yeah, it's pronounced Brigitte. All right. Uh, your name is is Marion, huh? Yeah, I always wish it was something tougher. Really, like what? Alice. 
Alice still lives with me between O'Fallon, Missouri and Lake St. Louis near the intersection of highways 40 and 64 and highway or highways 40, 64 and highway 364 North. So it's easy to get here from almost anywhere in St. Louis. Why are you reading the geography information, Steve? Because because people in uh, St. Louis, in the greater St. Louis area, want to know about uh, their local geography. So what's the 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 cost of these guitars when they're stock and new? So the um, Fender Deluxe players, um, I want to say, is um, around seven hundred new. Up there's one on reverb for eight eight hundred seven ninety nine ninety nine, so that might be the actual new the actual basically the new price ah here's what here it is on reverb for eight thirty eight twenty four ninety nine um so as far as things go i I feel like I've normally seen these this guy's asking five fifty I feel like I've normally seen these for about five fifty. Um, maybe as low as four hundred on the used. There's market. a completed listing on eBay for four twenty five. Yeah. Um, now this guy, of course, he claims a bunch of upgrades. Here's another one for five fifty. And what do we what do we think about these upgrades, Ryan? Another five fifty, a five fifteen. Yeah, around five hundred is is the roundabout on these things. Uh, the, to me, most of them don't sound like upgrades. They just sound like component swaps. Yeah. Yeah, it's like oh, I put in new pots. What was wrong with the old pots? The pot, the original pot shouldn't have been bad. These are you put in two fifty k's. It should have come stock with two fifties. Yep. Uh, the original pickups would have been vintage noiseless fenders. So, I mean, whether or not uh, going from vintage noiseless pickups to uh, Tex Mex is as an upgrade I, is completely subjective. Yeah, that as far um, as value goes, that's most that's mostly like a lateral move. I right? would say that's a wash personally. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and then the tuners, it seems like, it, what, what did this have originally, like closed-back tuners? Uh, they would have been vintage, uh, the vintage-style tuners, I believe. Huh. So he just put in a different kind of vintage tuner. Yeah, let me see if I can find a close-up. I could be wrong on that. Hmm, maybe these weren't vin- the vintage. Oh, these aren't. These were uh, Fender, like Fender sealed. In fact, I think these are Fender locking tuners originally. So he swapped out locking tuners for 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 vintage style Clusons. Uh, I mean, it's not a bad move, but it's not an upgrade. It's a lateral grade. Yeah. It's a side grade. You know, <laughs> uh, the one thing in on this just this guitar specifically. Or this series of guitars is this does have the twelve inch radius neck, which is like a that's a, fun, a pretty nice neck. Yeah, uh, I'd love from, to have a twelve inch radius, re- a flat recall. radius strat. That'd be a lot of fun. But yeah, uh, otherwise, I mean, this is a pretty standard uh, strat all around. It's got some like more like I guess uh, high performance for lack of a better description, upgrades, the or, the original deluxe players, I mean. So this guy's kind of like taking these and then gone like one uh, like one step higher, I guess. But I, I just don't I don't see that as being an upgrade. And again, yeah. the back of the headstock has Alice soldered into it. So we both agree that all most of the upgrades on this are lateral moves. They're side, yeah. they're side grades. Yeah, I think so. Uh, so what is the... What is the value knockoff that the uh, the Alice thing? Well, the upside to Alice is, uh, this guitar for. is you, you can't see it. Uh, it's on the back of the headstock, so you can. The player sees it right, nonstop, right? Um, without seeing how deep it is, I mean, it looks pretty deep. It does look pretty you deep. So you that's probably not couldn't, something you can buff you out. I couldn't buff it out. It looks spooky. It looks like a ghost burned that in, right? Um, I. I don't know. He's asking five fifty. I don't. I feel like four hundred would be where I would that's, top out on this. That's right around where I was thinking four hundred, three seventy five. You know, it's kind of like, yeah, I get that you put work into this thing, but I could go buy one that's not messed up by a ghost, right? For you know, four seventy five, five fifteen, five fifty, and have it be completely, you know, well, cherry. And, and that's the issue is you're, you know, you're saying you're seeing these on on eBay as low as like what four twenty five. Yeah. Granted, you're gonna have to pay like the extra, like to ship it and whatever. Oh, probably. sure, sure. So but, yeah, maybe, maybe four hundred is is. But 
the, so the flip side the very is, bottom on this. is okay if you really want to take out like swap the tuners you take those tuners out you sell them and you get your new tuners and you're going to lose a little bit but probably not that much uh the pickups like you could take uh the vintage noiseless pickups get i don't know 50 60 bucks for them and you can probably get tex-mex for for fairly cheap somewhere yeah um cloth wiring like well i don't even want those upgrades so it's like no i'm just saying if you wanted yeah. to like yeah yeah like you could do all this stuff um i mean maybe somebody like saw this and thought alice was cool maybe their name is maybe your name is alice you want a strat with a flat radius and tex-mex pickups and you see this and you're like this is perfect is made just for me and i and i write like a ghost so it's like i wrote on this i got an idea yeah get this guitar yeah uh there's a, a kind of a, some dead space between the l and the i in alice add another l so it spells all ice uh-huh start a vanilla ice tribute band or just say hmm yeah maybe yeah the heck someone's texting me <laughs> and then all you got to do is plug this guitar in and play dun 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 is it wait dun 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 oh it's okay dun 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 i don't know i can't i can never remember the difference it's vastly different from under pressure yes yes completely but there's at least like i always mix them up there's at least like three different notes dun 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 i think that's how okay ice ice baby goes all right um yeah so uh Bye, Alice. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> um, let's keep rolling, man. Yeah. Big wheels keep on turning. Proud Mary keeps on burning. Uh, news. That, this is kind of a newsy rolling. topic. Yeah. Uh, JHS and Boss teamed up. I mean, this is old news at this point. Yeah, but it's new news for us. Yeah, we weren't we weren't ready to record and talk about it <laughs> for the JHS Boss Angry Driver. A cross between the angry JHS Angry Charlie and the Boss Blues Driver. Uh huh. Uh, what do you think about this thing? I think uh, my my emotions are mixed. Mm-hmm. First of all, I think it's a great value. Yeah, for two hundred bucks. When when it was first announced, there were people who their knee jerk reaction was like two hundred bucks, right? And then they sat there and thought about it a bit, and it was like, I guess if I bought a Blues Driver and I bought bought an Angry Charlie. I'd be saving money versus doing that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's like you can use one or the other and both of them and in parallel. So it's like you're not really missing anything other than like being able to organize them in different ways on your board. And uh, what was I going? What was I going for in this? In this line. I don't of know, thought? man. What were you going for? Uh, but yeah, the, I think the pr- I was talking about the price. I think the price is fantastic. Yeah, two, is it two hundred? Two hundred bucks. Uh, the thing that really struck me with this pedal is the freaking knobs, man. Boss yeah, all stacked. Boss made custom knobs in that style of knobs that JHS uses, right? To like complete the look of oh, this is a hybrid between Boss and JHS. Yeah, I've never seen Boss do something like that where they come up with a brand new knob. But it's like a stacked knob, like you know, it's like the same function as like the knobs that are on like metal zones. Yeah, one of the other things with the price too is that a lot of people, you know, they wanted they think of Boss as you know a, a budget brand of sorts. Well, I think they always um, think like, oh, I could go buy a DS one for forty bucks. Right. It's like yeah, but the rest of their stuff is like one thirty, one sixty. Well, and know. even like the Blues Driver. So I would expect this to to compare well to the um so like the standard blues driver is a hundred bucks new um but i would expect this to compare more favorably to the waza blues driver or the waza craft blues driver which is 150 so now you're looking at like a 150 dollar boss pedal a hundred and i think eighty dollar jhs pedal yeah so this is like higher than both but it's kind of in with like mixing with a pretty uh interesting like wiring schematic for combining the two you know yeah. you could have one before the other or one after the other or you have them parallel or have them in series you know like all sorts of stuff it's crazy yeah i will say i haven't really had the the time or frame of mind to go watch any of the demos that are on it so i don't yeah. really know what it sounds like but i've heard it i've heard generally favorable reviews of it well i'm i i got you know 
I'll say this. I, I ordered one the day that they came out. Oh, I yeah? was like, do you know when the delivery I, is supposed to be sometime in October? Oh, okay. So I think I got in after the first run sold out. Um, I had some mixed feelings on this, mixed and being two good feelings mixing together. Right. My first feeling was like, wow, that's really interesting. And wow, that's cool. And I'd been wanting a uh, an Angry Charlie for a while. Mm-hmm. I just never got around to pulling the trigger. And it's like, my other set of feelings was just like pure like happiness and joy for JHS. Right. That they were able to like put this together with boss and also happiness for boss. Cause we've had some interactions with people over at boss and they're a really cool company. Yeah. It's just a really neat thing to see happen in the gear industry to have a company that the perception is that those are the big boys. Right. And those are, you know, like everything they do is like, you know, on their own, they do their own thing. Then right. you have JHS, well, which J- has a history of like collaborating. At least with artists, but I don't know if they have, do they have a big history of collaborating with like other companies? Remember when we had a contest for the JHS Keeley Steak and Eggs? Oh, that's right. They did do the Steak and Eggs. Yeah. They've, they've done various things over the years. You yeah. Know? Like they, they get together with people this and make things happen. I mean, obviously this one's like a, a merging of like a... It's on another Classic level. company, Boss, just hitting because its 40th it's, anniversary this year. It's merging with a company that's outside of the, this perceived like like boutique circle yeah, of people. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, companies like JHS and Keeley and Walrus and, you know, these guys, they're, they've also, they've, in the past couple of years, they've also kind of like merged out of being boutique brands. Right. In air quotes. In that when I think of boutique Guitar pedal companies, I'm thinking of what we used to think of them as. It's like some guy in a garage making, yeah, you know, like yeah. uh, there's short def- runs of stuff. Like they're almost a hybrid now. These this class of pedal companies where like they're really just small builders. Well, what we have is, I mean, to make a to make a beer analogy, sure, sure, because that's what I'm good at. Apparently, yeah, yeah. Um, is at least from a perception standpoint, if you're going to say like bosses. You know Anheuser Busch. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The JHS might is kind of like Sam Adams or Sierra Nevada, right? Where technically, like, it's still primarily like, at least compared to like an Anheuser Busch, Sam Adams is a small shop. Sure, sure. But then compared to Oscar Blues or uh, you know some other, you know, we, we've been talking about our local rough draft, the place across uh-huh. the street from my work. Especially compared to like a rough draft, like Sam Adams is on another planet. Yeah, you know, Sam Adams, I think, does three or four million barrels a year, whereas like the brewery down the street for you might do like a thousand or yeah. ten thousand barrels I, a year. To, to do another food analogy, it's kind of like if McDonald's and In and Out did a collab. <laughs> you know, McDonald's is infinitely bigger than in and out right but the people who think about burgers you know like they're two companies that exist and are on their peripheral you know what if okay in and out lay it on me five guys oh my gosh did a collabo and call it the jhs burger <laughs> all right I, i'd eat it all right this next ad is uh Wait, are we done talking about that i don't know you got anything else to say <laughs> well I, I was gonna get in it and go into that more and just say that it's you just want to make more food analogies <laughs> no no uh you know i'm i'm like i said i'm really happy for jhs in this like it's a big move uh i remember a year ago almost a year ago at uh-huh. winter at winter nam do you remember we were at the, uh, the Earthquaker JHS party? Yeah. And uh, the owner of Boss, his name is Toshi? I, don't, I have I no forget, idea. I completely just screwed his name up, I'm sure. I forget his name, but he walked into the party. Oh, they really? They learned about the party somehow, and I just saw Josh completely just nerd out. Oh, yeah? And I think ever since that NAM, they've been working on you know, like a friendship with each other. And a lot of people on various groups who were talking various amounts of trash were like, ah, I don't know. I don't know why boss chose them. Why didn't they cho- choose my favorite company? Oh yeah. And this well, and that. Yeah, everyone, that's always going to be a thing. But then, I mean, from our perspective of, of having a little bit of a, you know, 
a backroom view of the industry with the people that mm-hmm. we've gotten to to know and the groups that we get to be in and the people that we get to travel with. It's kind of just been a natural thing of watching them have a growing relationship with, with right. each other as in like a friendship way and as in like in a business way. Yeah. And something I'm excited to see develop out of this is we already know that like all these, you know, kind of like smaller builders like work together. Like right. they, they trade components with each other. They uh, trade designers with each other and have, you know, their engineers work on different things for each other. And like, it's a community of competitors mm-hmm. where they're working for the same customer base, but they work together. Um, it'll be interesting to see if this kind of bridges the gap between what those companies offer each other yeah. and what a company like Boss could offer, you know, all the small builders in the world. Right. Like, what if Boss was like, hey, we really enjoyed this. What if we offer a certain component set that only we can get manufactured because of our size to these smaller builders and make yeah. it available, you know? Like, I'm excited to see if things like that happen. Like mm-hmm. those freaking knobs that they made for the pedal. Like, what if they make that style of, of pot and knob available to the small builder community. Right. Like it, it'll be really interesting to see if things like that happen. And I think it's a good move for the entire industry is, has been my thought on it. You thought a lot about this. I thought a lot about it. I got uh, honestly kind of emotional when it got announced. Cause I felt so happy, <laughs> like not even for the product itself. I felt happy for the industry and I felt happy for the people that we right, know that who, who are affected by this. Yeah. You know, no, it's a, it's really interesting. It kind of, for me, at least it kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, totally. Um, but you know, it's, uh, I don't think, you know, despite what their reputation is or has become, um, I don't think there's like, Anyone building pedals that didn't start either trying to mod a DS one or an SD one or do something oh, yeah. or do something with the tube screamer. I mean, that's oh totally. Uh, you know, I I technically like in a in an internet sense, like I met Brian Wampler like 15, 16 years ago. Uh, on a forum when he was indie guitarist and basically all he did was right uh ds1 mods like that was his whole shtick uh was ds1 mods and, and i mean he ha- he had a ton of them yeah and if you go online and look for indie guitarist ds1 mods like there's a list of like every component and what will happen to the pedal if you like swap out this component for another one there's like eight mods that that brian put together that are still like floating around the internet so it's like boss is a company that like a lot of people cut their teeth learning circuits learning how to manipulate circuits Uh using what boss had already created so it is really like kind of interesting to see this kind of comes full circle yeah it is very interesting this it's it's, 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 yeah it's an exciting time yep all right, let's move on to the next ad. All right, this next ad was sent in by Domvin Ford. This is a 1971 Gibson SG200 in Walnut, $550 in Texas. And when Domvin finds ads, he really finds ads. Yeah. Like, he finds some really good ads. Fairly rare. Many dings and scratches. This was a well-loved guitar, but it hasn't been played in about 20 years. Nice feel, low action. Electronics are in good shape. Mostly original, but a few things are not. The tuning pegs for sure are not. And there was a bridge cover, but it wasn't there when I bought it. I'm not trying to pull one over on anyone. There may be other things, too, that have been replaced or adjusted over the years, but I don't remember. And if you're seriously looking at this guitar, you probably know better than I do. I honestly don't know much about this guitar or guitars in general. The price seems more than fair to me, taking into consideration what I paid for it and some internet searches. Uh, You'll see that it goes for more than double. Those are probably in better condition appearance-wise. Do your, do your own searches by all means. I am posting detailed pics, but feel free to contact me with questions, and I will do my best to answer. So 550 for this. What do you think? I don't know anything about this model or its value. He said that there's some that go for twice this, and mm-hmm. I believe it. Uh, this thing is, is crazy looking. It's well, a, there is one on Reverb right now for um, 11. Show uh, me. Or, uh, I want to see it in stock condition. It's actually $1,200. I'm trying to get the reverb site up right now. Um, 
I'm trying to find a good. Oh, I'm getting really TO'd because she hasn't sent me a full body shot. <laughs> there it is, the full body shot. Um, so oh, weird. My, what is that bridge? I don't. That's the bridge that's supposed to be on there. So he thought it's missing the bridge cover. It is technically but that is it's, accurate. It's, it's, it has a an aftermarket bridge hacked into it. Yeah, being a caller, it's got an like '80s caller shredmaster. Br- trying to see a, a close up of that cover, or if there's a shot. I found a. I f- I've actually before I handed you that, I found another picture of this guitar with the bridge cover removed. That cover's so funky. I would remove that bridge cover right away, no matter what. You don't like it? No, I don't. Because I like the palm mute right on the saddle. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Um, yeah, this thing is a trip. And apparently, uh, this is what the bridge is supposed to look like. Oh, weird. It kind of has a uh, EB well, bass that, vibe going on. It's that, that SG harmonica bridge right. with a built-in stop piece that comes out underneath it. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. I, I'm surprised they didn't go for a, more of a big speed trim after that. But this was probably modified in the 80s. Yeah. So I was like, I got to put a caller on here. Of course. I got I got a drive bomb on my SG, please. Which is funny because it has those, uh, you know, those SG Melody Maker single coils in there. <laughs> my favorite part of this guitar is... Is the control plate with those double toggles? Oh yeah, isn't that cool? It's a very old school toggle look. I want that on on a Telecaster, like those double toggle toggles right. on a Telecaster. It's probably just on off. Yeah, it's an on off for each uh, pickup. If you're real lucky, there might be like an out of phase, like a Mustang sort of thing going on there too. Yeah. It was a three position on each one. So I think if you're looking at this, you're kind of looking at um, the eye, looking at this from an angle of. Um, you can't restore you, this. You can't restore stock. right. Like you can't restore wood this. Is, that wood is gone. Um, but it seems like, like I said, the one you were looking at is on reverb for twelve hundred. As far as I can tell, there's not like a ton of these out there, but the price is that yeah, bridge is going to work. Right? People like callers. Uh, I've heard that they can be you know tricky to get dialed in, but if you dial it in. It's going to work just like the original bridge did. It's going to hold the strings up where you need them to be. Oh, the neck doesn't have neck pitch either. So these are all... So it's like uh, it's kind of like those M2s. Yeah, so it says Gibson steered away. I found an article on Premier Guitar. It says Gibson steered away from traditional designs using a slightly larger body shape, no neck pitch, and single coil pickups. Uh, basically things that were now considered like all downgrades. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I played uh, the guitar. body was actually made out of maple, making it heavier. Oh, uh, and the fingerboard strings on top of the body became parallel, resulting in high action over the body. So, it's but then kind SG, of a, SGs already have high action over the body when you get close to the bridge. Yeah, um, apparently, which makes sense why this thing is able to support a caller, which would sit flatter to the body. Yeah, apparently these guitars were basically only made for one year because they kind of, or one... They flopped? Year, yeah, they basically flopped and were quickly replaced. Uh, but they have maple body, set maple neck, 22 fret fretboard, uh, tuners, bridge, whatever. Uh, it says it's tunematic bridge with an odd connected base plate and bridge cover, Melody Maker style pickups with black covers inscribed with Gibson. Um, I... I I think it looks really cool. I think if probably at the time, if you're looking for like a legit Gibson, like it was probably just too weird. Yeah, it's definitely funky. And those those gigantic pickup rings around those the single coils are super funky. Yeah, but you know, for uh, for five fifty now, yeah, I, you could do a lot worse. Absolutely. I think if I was to pick this up. Since it's already defiled and it can't be put back to normal, yeah, I think I would probably ditch those pickup rings, and I would cut a custom pick guard that would wrap around that control plate a little bit, mm. and kind of compl- like right. complete a Gibson gone Fender sort of vibe, but I make it a little I, funky in I an SG sort like, of way. I kind of feel like those pickup rings make the jank. Make the jank. Like I, I kind of like want to, it to be that that funky weirdness. It, it it feels like it needs something to break up the dark 
finish a little bit. Like even like a a a little bit of a pick guard on the lower bout. Yeah. You know, I think would look really nice. Yeah. All right. Uh, this topic was sent to us by Matt Chittum. It was sent to us by a bunch of people. <laughs> well, that's also true. Um, but he just says, because I know you guys love offsets, GNL uh, introduced the, is it Doheny? Do- Doheny. Doheny, um, which is basically a jazz master. It is. Hooray. I watched their, their launch a video jazz on it. master. Apparently the big deal is... This, the, the big deal that they're pushing isn't the guitar itself. The big deal is the pickups. Congratulations, GNL. You've made your way into the Jazzmaster game. <laughs> Fifty years too late. Well, what was the what was the Squire one that was basically this? It was a Jazzmaster. The Jag the Jagmaster was it the Jagmaster? Yeah, it was like a Jag Jag with uh, double humbuckers. Yeah, but then it had a strat trim on it. Yeah, that's a that jack, is, the Jagmaster. That's basically what this is. In, it is. In form and function. Is. But the video that I was watching, the guy was all hot on the pickups that it's right. It's GNL's specific pickup technology where yeah. uh, it's a three knobber and the first knob is volume, mm-hmm. but the, the other two knobs, one is a high roll off and one is a low roll off. Okay. So it's a completely different kind of like circuit. Right, based around these pickups, which is interesting. Like I, when I was first looking at them, I was like, ah, uh, you know, well, the, like the another pick- another offset with a strat bridge. Like who who cares? But like hearing that, I was like, okay, now I think I want to try one of these. Yeah, and they use these. Uh, um, they're called magnetic field design jazz pickups, which the magnetic field design is kind of like what GNL uses across the board on, on a bunch of their guitars. I don't even I know guess what the, it means. I guess the magnetic field design, uh, ASAT special pickups are like those big Telecaster pickups that you see okay. on their, their ASATs. Um, this one is, they say is more about jingle than twang, just as they should be for a guitar like this. Uh, I, I really think the, the big issue, like, uh, GNL commentary aside, uh, every GNL guitar I've played has been, I'll say, has been solid. It's it's yeah. been worth whatever great I felt like it was being they were asking for. Some people really, uh, you know, h- hate the headstock, uh, whatever. Um, actually, I just I'm usually a headstock hater. I actually don't hate the GNL headstock. I just kind of like of all of the design choices that GNL has made over the years, and some have been. I mean, the ASAT is a Telecaster. The the whatever the hell the other thing is is a Stratocaster. Yeah, yeah. right. It's a Comanche, um, something like that. Yeah, I yeah. I can't I think remember their model Comanche. names. I always like um, the one that was kind of a Mustang shape, but it's like bigger bodied. Right. Yeah, the Comanche is basically like has a Strat thing going on. Uh, I think you're thinking of the SC two. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's like oh, and the Legacy, the Legacy and the Comanche are basically the same body shape as far as i can tell the difference is the comanche has the z pickups oh yeah yeah i like those um, z pickups the s500 i think is more their classic 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 strat but they've kind of always stayed in that wheelhouse of just kind of Fenders. very standard yeah. fender except for the sc and their bases have they've they've branched out a lot more on their shapes with the bases i think a lot of people just and i don't disagree like why did it take so yeah, long, so long to do an offset from G and L, and I mean the obvious answer I think is that the offset market probably has never been bigger than it is right now. Sure, but the flip side of that is the offset market has probably never been more saturated than it is right now. Yeah, I mean, freaking, uh, what's her faces at a booth with offsets? Shoot, I'm bummed that I can't remember their name now. That's embarrassing. I have no idea who you're talking they about. They had a booth across from Cower at Winter Nam. I don't this know, man. Dead air, man. I can't remember. I don't know. I don't know who you're thinking of. It's gonna come to me later. Right. I'll be like, ah, oh, these guys. So I mean I think I think you know that criticism in some ways is like it's easy criticism to be like, oh, you're late to the game. Without actually playing them, like I said, the other GNL stuff I've played has has all been solid. 
probably worth a look if you're looking for something different. Uh-huh. What you're saying about the pickups, I haven't watched any of the videos, so I can't say I mean, in that the video, they sounded like Jazzmaster pickups to me. It right. wasn't like, oh, wow, these sound fantastic, or these sound completely different from anything. They just sounded you know, like like decent pickups. Yeah. The thing um, that was frustrating about the video is the guy didn't like play any like surf rock or anything like that. Like He was playing like blues riffs and things. What do you he was playing them very well. But, what do you think about... Um, and he didn't play any like shoegazy type stuff. What do you think either. about the naming of this? I'm fine with it. Do you think it's... I didn't... I had to look up... I thought... Honestly, I thought it was kind of weird. I, I thought... Really? Well, because I had to actually like look up what it meant. I didn't... I felt like it was like maybe too specific. Maybe that was the point. I guess as, like, as the, someone who's relatively plugged in with surf culture and vintage surf culture like it seems obvious to me right just because it's a a beach and i guess that's the thing is they're saying like oh like anyone who knows anything about surf culture knows what what this well anyone who's listened to a beach boys song has heard them talk about oh really i can't understand half the thing that comes out of those guys' mouths (laughs) it's mostly just high-pitched squeals exactly um so so maybe that's it like maybe like i would just think like I don't know. I may, I probably would have gone broader and called it like the Huntington or the Ventura. Sure, sure. Well, the, the Fender has a Ventura. Oh, yeah, that's true. They it's an acoustic, right? Uh, yeah. I was going to say they could have also gone with the Newport or the Malibu, but those are also Fender yeah, names. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I had to actually look up what the deal was with it. Um, I, I guess the name is – it's not a bad name. Except I keep pronouncing it wrong. <laughs> I think, oh, excuse me, I'm yawning. I think it's just one of those names that's, you know, it sounds a little funny. And if you're not familiar with it, like, you're like, what is this? Maybe next they'll put out a cop themed guitar called the GNL Dennehy. <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be nice, I yeah. guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm not sure uh, what it would do, but it probably would not want any homeless people in its town. Yeah, I don't have any cop jokes for you with that do one. Do you have any so. Brian Dennehy jokes? I don't have any Dennehy jokes. All right. So sorry. <laughs> You're letting me down. Yeah. You're letting me down. All what right. Are, do we know the price on these things? I couldn't find a price. So they are just announcing it. They haven't yeah. thrown a price out there, which is a bummer. Because if, if those are 600 bucks, I'm like, yeah, go get them. If they're like twelve hundred bucks, uh, oh, they're probably G- like they're G and L USA's. So I'm guessing they're going to be that other the higher price. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, there's a lot of great offsets out there right now. It's a thing. Yeah, and the, it's uh, like the pickups. Like this, this sounds like a cool concept, but people who buy offsets kind of just want their standard pickups, mm-hmm. or they want something that's so out there that it's like a complete complete like departure from an offset. Like they, they want to load it with you know like. Gretsch pickups or like yeah, the, the high price, output humbuckers or something. The prices are kind of like all over, but it looks like the ASAT classics start around eight fifty. And I'm not sure. That's I think, still not terrible. I, I mean, if these, I think if that's these USA things made. if these things come in under a grand, I think uh, they're probably a decent buy. Yeah, but then like some of these ASAT specials are like fifteen, seventeen hundred. Yeah. So I don't really know where to expect these to come in. GNLs like. So not easy to find in stores. Yeah, God, that yeah. was a bad sentence. Uh, here's an ASAT Classic at Guitar Center, brand new, fourteen fifty. Wow. So I would expect these to be at, at least priced in that. I mean, these range. are probably going to sell. The uh, you're, they have a built-in audience of people yeah. who are G and L fan fanboys for lack of a better term who will be like oh finally i can buy an offset from you know my brand the brand that i like so i i don't doubt that they'll have no problem selling them you know we didn't do this episode housekeeping housekeeping lay Uh, it on me man want to say thanks to justin mabe uh he joined the inner circle uh recently uh, supporting us at uh, with a inner circle level pledge. Uh, if you want to know more about supporting the show, head over to 60cyclehumcast.com and click on support the show. That will give you a link to our uh, patron page, which yeah. is, I don't know what the pa- patron dot. 
Don't even guess. It's something something like that. Just do what I told you five seconds ago. The the money we make from uh, crowdfunding sources like this. Go in our pockets and you'll never (laughs) see it again. (laughs) No, it goes into growing the show. Uh, We want to figure out ways to, you know, get advertising going to grow the show more. But the next thing that we're going to invest in is our 200th episode party. Yeah. We're trying to find a venue right now. We're going to, you know, spend some money on getting a cool place and maybe getting some catering and drinks and things Mm -hmm. like that and making some things happen. So we're trying to figure that all right now. It's realistically only nine episodes away. 11 episodes away. 11 episodes. My, my math was backwards. 12 episodes away. 12 episodes away. Yeah, so well, we're, this episode's uh, almost over, Steve. That's true. <laughs> uh, so we're looking at recording that probably a little off schedule. Somewhere uh, in but November. But it'll be late November, mid-late November. I want to get it before Thanksgiving. Okay. Yeah. Before Thanksgiving. And then it'll air December 11th. Something was, like that. And somewhere in that territory. Yep. Yeah, so it'll look be it. so uh, if you're in the going to be in the San Diego area and that and one of our listeners actually hit me up and he said he's going to be on vacation in uh, Carlsbad, I think, some specific weekend. Oh, really? In November? Whoa! And he's from uh, you know, actually, I think it might have been uh, Adzant himself. Oh, really? Uh, is going to be in town, so that I know he wants to hang out with us, and it would be cool if we planned this all. Just throw the 200th episode party just for him. Yeah, just for him. Just but also his, for us. Ruin his family's vacation. No, he was talking about like, oh yeah, like we should just like hang out one day, like grab lunch or something. Oh, sure, so sure. Of course. At least do that. All right, let's hit this last ad. Uh, this was sent to us by Charles Gibson. This is a vintage casino guitar and small tube amp for $100. Uh, this is a weird red electric guitar of the casino build. Not, um, it is not an Epiphany Casino. Not an Epiphany Casino. Very little info on this one. Even less info because Ryan didn't copy any more of this. Was this, this just was a, a screenshot? Screen, this is a screen grab was that posted? was on that was posted on the Facebook group. Um, hundred bucks. I'm all over this for a hundred bucks. Yeah, me too. I think this looks really cool, especially considering they claim that's a tube amp. Yeah, we don't know for sure because there's not a shot of the back. I don't doubt that it is, but this era of guitar and amp, it, there could have been a solid state amp. Yeah, even made. if it's not, this is like a trasher old solid state amp. Like, it's a it's a living room decoration piece. Both yeah. of these things. These yeah. it's a wall hanger and like put this amp on the ground and put a lamp on. Hey, it Hey, this deal. guitar has that cool little toggle switch on it you were just talking about. Yeah, it does a little Mustang slider. You yeah. know. Uh, it's kind of got this uh, trapeze tailpiece, uh, a moving bridge, single humbucker in the neck. That's probably not actually a humbucker. No, it's got to be a single. Uh, it's probably single in a humbucker case. I'm and, betting. Uh, I am, yeah, I probably would, microphonic as crap too. Yeah, it's I probably would, awesome. I would. I would bet that this is some kind of department store guitar. Is possible? Oh, for sure. Possible could have been manufactured by Dan Electro slash Airline slash you know yeah, yeah. Uh, those various companies that were all I, out I, of the same. That factory. sounds actually really familiar. Uh, that Casino would have been one of those brands. But so. something about that pickup and like the tailpiece is triggering that for me. Like this whole right. like, Montgomery right. Ward, Sears. Yeah, that like, makes sense. Connected to that family of brands sort of thing. It looks really clean and really cool. Like it, maybe it's just the distance of the shot, but it looks like a, a nice piece. Uh, if the neck doesn't play well, like I said, wall hanger. Yep. Or have someone put a big conversion neck on it and use it as a, a slide guitar, a lap steel. There you go. It just looks like it's got that mojo, man. And I like that, like that, you know, like old school, like Dakota red kind of color. It's kind of like a um, that model of 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 Gibson, the one that Joan Jett plays. What is that called? The um. um it's like a mel- double-cut like melody maker, Yeah, it's a double-cut it? melody maker where the, the, the horns are a little like... Stubby. Stubby. Yeah. And the body shape's a little funky and long, but then it just works somehow. Yeah. So yeah, 100 bucks. And there's a case under there too. It's a set. Yeah. Even it's, got, it, it's kind of got everything. And I, I feel like... I don't know. I, I would definitely... At a hundred bucks, I'm at least interested enough to want to check this out. Yeah, not even as a player, just as a decoration piece. Yeah. I like. I don't this. have anywhere to hang up decorations. <laughs> you get some wall hangers, man. 
Oh, dude, I don't even have anywhere to put those. You don't I have got, any wall? I got a wall I need to decorate. You have walls? I do have one wall I need to decorate. Steve, you've got walls. I yeah, know you yeah, have yeah. walls. All right. <laughs> All Steve, right. Steve is trying to act like he lives somewhere that doesn't have walls. Hey. What, do you live in a mushroom? <laughs> <laughs> live in one of those uh, round houses. Oh, my god! So it's got walls, but it just has one wall. One of those dome you houses? You can't hang anything on the walls because... There's no flat surfaces. Yeah, every time I see one of those old hippie dome houses, I'm like, where do you put the couch? Like, <laughs> is everything's gonna have like a space behind you it. You just need a round, uh, half round table to put behind your couch. <laughs> you can stack stuff back there. Yeah, yeah. How do you hang a TV on the wall? <laughs> <laughs> all right uh thanks again to our sponsors uh yeah. gabriel tenorio string company if you're looking for probably the best offset uh strings on the market for oh, sure yeah. and he does a fancy thing where he he wraps the end with uh with colorful silk yeah which, which I, you know that's not the most uncommon thing but then it's also like done extra long for guitar, on those for guitar it's uncommon for guitars you i see well you, for guitars i don't know anyone else who does it you, but you see it on i'm uh, a bass player man you see it on like uh mariachi strings yeah which is what his background is yeah. making mariachi strings and then you see it on bass guitars and you i've never seen it on any other guitar right, string. i'll give you that the silk wrap on the end yeah and he'll uh, do i think you have to order like a certain amount of packs and he does that for you but he'll do well, you i know, think like, you just have to do like a certain i think it's a one of the more higher end strings he does yeah so um, so yeah, check them out, thegts.co. Also, thanks to uh, Fatfoot Effects. Uh, check out, go check out the Thallium eighty one at fatfooteffects.com. A new brand. You probably haven't yep. heard of them. You should go check out their stuff. Get yourself informed. They are going to be the next big thing. I'm sure of it. You're going to want to be up on this brand. All right, uh, and they actually sent us our song this week. The song was uh, by the band James Neary and the Bevy Blue. James Neary, Sammy Lane, Tuthill, and Jeff Topp are all Fatfoot effects artists. They're all uh, part of this band, and this song is called Miracles. Hope you love it. Yay! Later, guys. Bye. Guys